Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. All right. Here we are. We're recording. We're live. I'm excited. And it's not just that Red Bull that I've been sipping on just now, but I'm actually excited. This is someone I've been wanting to talk to for a long time. We've had to, you know, schedule changes and they finally lined up. The stars have aligned and I am talking to a thought leader, a collaborator, a conversationalist, an idea generator. Like that alone is enough, but she's also um, an expert in the ways of marketing communications. And, and, but in a certain aspect of human behavior, psychology, what incentivizes people, what makes them take action, whether it's you know, a civic engagement or purchasing a product or, or, or making a new decision. Uh, can't wait to talk to her, Director of Marketing and Brand at Expensify, Joni Wang. Welcome to the show. Hey, Casey. It's great to be here. Man. So you're here and I'm excited. I can't wait to learn from you. So I want to pass you this thing. <laughs> It's heavy. I know you got it. Okay, here you go. Got it? Grabbed yeah, it. Nice. <laughs> That's a strong grip you got there. Holy moly. Thank Thor, you. Better watch out. out. <laughs> so, uh, take Thor's hammer, smash for me some kind of myth, bogus strategy, misconception, set the record straight once and for all. Yeah. Um, I think that people fear the I, this idea of being a generalist because there is an insinuation that it is good to be to be good at everything is to be good at nothing. Right. And so I kind of flip that around and I challenge that by saying, you know, a generalist is someone who specializes in something over and over and over again, and they're able to connect the dots each step of the way. Yes, connect the dots. Uh, what would be the opposite? A specialist, I suppose, is is the... Yeah, definitely. Like someone, so when we think about, you know, how we hire and um, build out our marketing team, I think it's pretty typical and traditional to see, you know, you have one SEO person or a team of SEO experts, right? right. You have a team for paid, you have a team for organic search, you have a team for advertising. And, and even within each of those teams, there's one specific role, right? There's yeah. one specific role for email marketing and things like this. And so, um, you know, when I, early on in my career, when I was uh, job searching, I noticed this trend. And, you know, my thought was always like, you know, I'll take this job and I'll probably be here for a year or two at most. Um, but I'm, I can't expect, uh, to constantly, you know, have email marketing or something, for example, to change over and over and constantly, right. At some point there's a diminishing returns of expertise or, um, specialization. And so, you know, I've always been in the belief and I've always looked for opportunities that allowed, um, you know, employees, individuals like myself expand beyond that initial entry point and be mm. able to look beyond just like the KPIs assigned to that specific function, um, such as email marketing and nothing against email marketing, be very sure. clear just as an example. Right. Um, all, the, all the people were about to sit, send on their hate mail. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly what I want. <laughs> right. No, but so this is interesting because my brain, I'm trying to process it. Um, we're saying generalists are good, but we're not only were we saying that, but we, is it sounding like you actually start out as a specialist? Like, so generalist is actually even better than being a specialist in an area. Yeah. The way I think about it is that I think the, the common misconception that I've come to understand is that generalists are people are like, oh yeah, I've done a little bit of this. I've done a little bit of that. And so it's like, you have, 
like that's kind of the common misconception, right? And so when people are looking for experts, that's why they, you know, in, in, in job descriptions, they're saying, I want you to have five to seven years in, in social media or whatever that is, right? But at some point it's like, okay, I, I know the landscape, I can keep up with the changes that are happening, you know, as the culture evolves, but but is this it, you know, like what else is there? And so you reach a point um, of diminishing returns where you're like, okay, I'm, I've become an expert at this. Um, and so what now do I become, you know, I go from an associate to, the, to uh, I don't know, like a manager, to a VP, to a director, like whatever that order is. And, um, and then it's like, that's all there is, right? But imagine if that person was, like most people are smart enough to understand the nuances of social media, to be able to, you know, enact and apply all those changes and, um, you know, make your brand part of the conversation and bring it there. And like, imagine what else they could do, right? Imagine if you right. gave them um, the opportunity to learn about email marketing or SEO and like, and jump into those, those uh, different sections. I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you know, when you find smart people, anybody can become an, a specialist any, uh, anything if you spend the time and care into learning about that craft, right? But, and you can always apply it, you know, over and over to different uh, mediums and different, you know, like, uh, what do you call them? Uh, segments. Yeah. Um, and the more you do that, the more you basically become a generalist. A generalist is just someone who's specialized over and over and over again. I feel like I want to call you the general, right? Because you're like totally <laughs> dominating this term. And now I feel like I should like redo your, your intro and be like the general of generalists. And we're going to explain why that <laughs> is so cool. See, now it makes sense to me. It's actually the connections that are power beyond yes. just the specialties. You, okay, you have a specialty. And I was thinking about you mentioning like someone who just keeps getting more and more specialized. It's like, well, you don't need 20 years of Twitter, right? You know, right. I'm a social media guru. I've been on Twitter for like, 20 i've been studying only twitter for 20 years <laughs> like you might want to branch out a little bit check out a little instagram while you're at it because you don't just want to be like so locked into one because then you you miss the trends the changes it's like having someone who's so locked into hey i'm a i'm a direct mail person or i'm a, I, I do billboards that's all i do billboards it's like okay well there's a few other things that have happened in the last 40 years that you should be aware of. And, and it's the interconnection of all those things that, that has so much more power. That's, that's really interesting. Um, you know, it's also, sorry, I'm going to say it's also the opposite of school. I feel like school, it's like, get your doctorate. You want to get your doctorate in like at signs on Twitter. You know, it's like, it gets so <laughs> specialized, whereas almost in business, it's like the opposite way. It's really Absolutely. interesting. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, like even thinking about the way that you um, do this podcast, for example, right? You're, there are so many podcasts out there that, um, you know, have a certain amount of shelf life because they're only focused on one specific thing, but you're able to, you know, balance um, the line between um, specificity so that it hits the type of people who are interested in marketing, but you're broad in general enough that you are talking about all these different topics that will ho hopefully ultimately help out your listeners, regardless of if they are in one specific role or not. Because the goal here, I, I'm thinking based on my conversations with you, is to just expose people, teach them new things, and have them apply it to whatever they're working on today. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I want to learn too. Mm -hmm. and, and you're right. Bring in the specialists. It was interesting because I, I was writing a book on marketing automation. And there was a particular section on, say, like testing or you know, AdWords or a particular topic. And it's like, hmm, let's bring in a specialist from that topic and learn from them. And then the generalist just becomes that much stronger because we can yeah. work with other people on the team.
Yeah, absolutely. Definitely agree with that. When you started out, did you start out with any particular specialty? Well, I got my degree, speaking of school, I got my degree in international relations. And so I'm, you know, completely away from that. But I think what I found out, um, so I graduated when it was really tough to find jobs, like yeah. no one was hiring. And so um, I realized that the only thing people would hire me for was for writing. And the only reason why I had developed that specialization was because I had written pages and pages and pages of papers defending this argument, you know, that thesis and whatnot. And so that became my first specialization, I would say, you know, and I was able to get, um, you know, jobs in and in internships in editing, in um, event planning, you know, and once uh, I went into event planning, that kind of opened the funnel for my next specialization, right? Really understanding like the logistics and the um, even high level strategy of what that looks like. From there, you know, event planning is a lot of networking and people um, development uh, or people connections, right? Making connections and networking and all that stuff. And from there, I kind of jumped into a job for um, for sales and business development. And, you know, because that's just relationship management. And so, you know, my career has basically, you know, now that we're, I've never really looked at it through this lens, but my career has basically been cultivating these different skills because it's just what I'm interested in, right? Like I, there's, I think humans are very, versatile and if you know it's not like you're only interested in marketing or you're only interested in one thing there's so many different things that connect uh with each other and wow. so that's just kind of how i've approached uh my career and i think all of those things have you know effectively helped me think about marketing in a different way versus if i had you know learned marketing in college uh and just focused on that throughout my yeah, career it's yeah it's funny you mentioned that that sort of path and maybe this is something that we I feel like I, I was just talking about this with a friend as well. The idea that I was almost, it was almost like I was doing an AB test to find out what my passion might be, you mm -hmm. know? So I'm in sort of in this marketing bubble and there's a lot of different to do's, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to take on a bunch of different things, trying to find out is, is that something I can be passionate about? Is that something I'm being passionate about? And, and then eventually something clicks and you're like, whoa. And then you go crazy on that. Um, but then maybe eventually you got it. And then the adventure is, is not there because you've, you've learned that, you know, maybe the 80% that you need to know. So then you start testing other aspects, but maybe marketing is one of those things where you can do that. It's not like finance is testing a new way of doing accounting. You know, it's like a curl yeah. or it's cash and you cannot invent your own system, you know, <laughs> sales, yeah. you're following a script or something, but marketing, we can kind of innovate wherever we feel like it. Yeah, and definitely, I think that's um, the, I love the flexibility of that because it's something about indus our, the industry as well, right? Sure, there are certain ways and like traditions that people follow and ways of working, but because marketing in and of itself is such a creative pursuit, I think people are and tend to be a little bit more flexible um, there. And there is a, um, you know, there's also a low barrier to entry, right? Like if you exist as a human, then it's very easy to just be someone who is reading a lot, to writing a lot, um, yeah. interacting and talking to people and so on. And so it's very different than when you're trying to learn a very specialized um, skill, like, you know, if you wanted to be an investment banker, right? Because you take the time to invest in that skill and then they just want you to do it over and over and over and over and over again. Right. I, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I, I need some variety. That, I think that's why lead sources themselves can be fantastic. Cause you're like, let's, let's try a new one and see what yeah. happens. You yeah. Know, exactly. We got our go-tos, but we also want to try out some new ones. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what, um, one of the 
the things I often think about from a generalist perspective, you know, it's not just about the individual, your skill set, but it's also like, how do you tie all these things together, right? Because the more you understand how uh, different sections of your business work, the more likely you're able to come up with interesting, exciting plans that, or ideas that not just uh, knock out your current goal, but like maybe help solve other problems that other people are facing as well. You know, at Expensify, we are, we take this generalist mindset kind of across um, the entire organization, right? So even though I'm like the director of marketing and strategy, I also play, um, I'm very heavily involved in our diversity, inclusion, and equity efforts. I'm heavily cool. involved in our hiring efforts. I'm interested in our product and I help test it. And I've even created my first product edition this past year. Um, so there's like, there's, and all of that helps inform like, you know, how do I best serve um, my customer and how do I best help, like, how do I understand what they need and so that we can build it and so that we can help them understand what our value add is. Yeah, I love how you said that. How do I best serve my customer? You know, and to do that, you need to understand them and you need to talk to them and and be in front of them. What, what was that like diving into the product world? Honestly, it was really fun in a very different way. Um, I think one thing that is, um, you know, I'm, I guess for me, like marketing is not interesting because it's marketing. It's interesting because it helps you understand the psychology of how people think, mm. what drives them to action and how they, um, how they change their behavior over time after seeing certain things, both positive and negative, right? And so product is kind of an offshoot of that because you're thinking about how they behave because you give them, you know, a screen or an app and you're like, you know, from a human perspective, like how do you, where do they click first? What do their eyes draw to? How is this as easy for me as it is for someone who's never seen this before, right? Because I'm spending hours and hours looking at this one thing. So it's obviously it's very easy and obvious to me, but right. you know, if I were to show you something new that you've never seen before, you know, you might be like, Joni, I have no idea what you're talking about here. I have no idea how to use this app. And so really, um, it kind of provided a different perspective to this idea of like, how do people, how do people, um, take action? How do they make the choices that they make? Right. Um, did, did, did you ever have one of those things where you like watch people click around and they were thinking <laughs> or any of that? No, we don't do that. But um, I had like a job early on. It was like, you know, you're in college and they're like, you know, we'll give you 50 bucks. It was like Excite, one of those like web um, search engines that like doesn't exist anymore. Kids, yeah. you know, back in the day, there was these <laughs> other, Ask Jeeves was cool. You know, it was like one of those. And they're like 50 bucks. We have a new product. We want to come click around and just tell us what you think. And they had me just sit in their office and like, they're like, okay, go search something or go do this. And and just tell me, tell us what you're thinking. And I'm like, oh, I'm thinking this, or I don't know what to click next. And I was just, and they were just sitting there like watching me. And, and you know, I, I guess I never really thought about what you're describing, how product is all about behavior, because you could put a button on the side and just call it a day, but you want people to use it. Yeah. And you think about like, that's when you get into color, you get into copy yeah. and micro copy, like things that surprise and delight people. And, you know, that isn't a that isn't, um, we don't think about that sometimes as marketing, we think about it as like product, right? But real, the reality is like, if you can add these kinds of um, surprise and delight moments in the product, that is a way to, you know, get people excited and loving and using your product. And that creates kind of like this bottom up word of mouth um, enthusiasm amongst your, your user base, or your customers. Yeah, surprise and delight. 
That's really cool. I guess I, I kind of had put, you know, product in that box of being like the weird coder folks that are just like, oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's like what I'm not doing by the way, right. <laughs> it's more like product management and design, but yeah. <laughs> True. I guess, I guess there are always those folks, but, um, and I, like I, I used to be one, so I can make fun of them. But like, there's, <laughs> there's always that level. But there's also that you, the UI level, the, U, the understanding of what, what clicks. Have you always been fascinated with psychology? And, and what, have you done any experiments with, with your marketing? To, yeah, to I think I've always been fascinated because yeah. I recognize what a consumer I am. Right. The, the moment, the aha moment came to me when I lived in San Francisco a couple years ago, and my partner and I were driving down the street, and I saw I like made some comment like, oh the Coca-Cola polar bear ads are back or something like this, right? Cause they come out every year around the holidays. And maybe five minutes later we were driving. I was like, you know, I'm really thirsty. Maybe I'll get a Coke. And my partner laughed at me. He was like, do you know what just happened? And I was like, what? He's like, you just got you, that, that advertisement worked. And when he pointed that out, I was like, oh my God, you're right. You know? And so I think that's what's, and so I started thinking, I'm like, wow, that really worked. Ads work. Like, but how and why, how frequently, how, like, you know, there's all these questions that started popping into my head. And yeah. that's kind of what started that interest for me. Um, because, you know, I start thinking about then, okay, well, I'm not really that unique in the sense that we all have tendencies like this, right? Sure. Yeah. So how do other people think? Is it similar? How, what are the different ways? And so that's kind of what got my interest. Um, like, that's how I started thinking along that line, I guess. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I love the mystery of that. And it's always cool. By the way, Coca-Cola, you're welcome. There's a little ROI on your marketing campaign. That billboard. <laughs> yeah, right. that, this is know, not a Coca-Cola podcast. <laughs> yeah, that $20,000 billboard. Here's, um, you know, here's your dollar ROI on that. <laughs> uh, but maybe it happened yeah. a million times more. So yeah, yeah. isn't that weird? It's, it's just so interesting. It does work. Ads do work. What's your take on bad ads? Are they bad? Are we just not the target audience? Are there just a lot of companies putting out bad ads or are they just targeted to the wrong? Like, I hope they're just to the target of the wrong people. What's your take? Well, maybe I actually, maybe I have a question for you. What's, what's a bad ad you've seen? Well, like, you know? okay. Super Bowl. There's uh -huh. always these ads where you're like, Whoa, that's awesome. They're going to be talking about it tomorrow. And then there's ads where you're like, really? You spent a million dollars on that. Yeah. Well, I guess you can fall into one of two camps, right? You can be on the side of, you know, no press is bad press. Right. Uh, generally there's certainly, you know, exceptions to that. Um, but I think maybe actually you brought up the Super Bowl. What's really interesting is I think this past year, there was that big Chobani ad, right. Where, uh, I don't know if you saw so the it, guy but, playing the piano is like terrible. Yeah. yeah. It was like the CEO, uh, playing piano, singing about how much he loves yogurt, um, in the middle was that of Chobani? The I thought that was like Soylent, some Soylent thing. Ooh, um, I think I'm pretty sure it was, maybe it wasn't Chobani, but it was a yogurt. I'm looking it up. Yeah, totally. I was like, oh, well, now they didn't do a great job at it. Um, I, I could be wrong. <laughs> See, that's funny though. We're like, oh, it's one of those like cool brands. Who, um, um, it's, I, I'm pretty sure it was a yogurt company. Um, I believe you. You and, probably know uh, more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, you know, that was one of those um Super Bowl ads that had a lot of Oatly. It was Oatly, sorry, oh. the oat milk. So he oat was thinking about okay. how much he loved oat milk and you know the benefits and all that stuff. But um, what was really funny about it was that you either love it or you hate it. Even internally at um, at the company, you know, we have a social Slack channel and people are like, cool. "Did you see these ads? Da da da, whatever." And my first reaction was like, 
I hate this ad. Like, I don't know why they went into this direction. I don't know why they had to point out it was the CEO. Like that is a weird, maybe ego thing, you know, and I'm sure some of those thoughts were fueled by all the really funny tweets people were putting out there. Um, right. You know, but then there was also this other group of people that are like, man, I love this. This is cute. This is simple. This is uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think it's really hard for me to be like, you know, I don't know what I think about. It. I think as long as it yeah. creates conversation um, and it provides like additional um, interesting like insights into how people think, like, I think then it's kind of done its job. Right. And to be like fair, that ad went viral basically because it was totally. so controversial, kind of like that, you know, blue black dress whatever gold silver dress thing oh my gosh was it yeah was it blue what did you see i think i saw blue <laughs> I, I saw blue too and i can't believe there are people in the world that didn't see like i don't even understand that but but yeah. you're right like you know like that one particular that one i think was one of the best examples of what i hope is terrible on purpose it was so <laughs> bad that you, you like there's there's either two stories one that ceo is an egomaniac mm -hmm. and was really like, I'm going to do this. It's going to be great. And everyone's like, yeah, sure. Or no, don't. But he did it anyways. Or it's probably some like shy guy who was like, no, no, no. I don't want to be on the ad. And they're like, no, this will be so funny and it'll be terrible. Yeah. And he's like, you, all right, let's do it. You know? And then everyone's like, oh, he's such an egomaniac, but you're just some humble guy. That's just like, I didn't even want to do it, but exactly. you're right. We're talking about it. And, and it yeah. not in a bad way. Like we hate those people. They're so irresponsible. We're just like, you're so weird, but hey, so yeah. is oat milk too. So yeah, right. And I think that that's I ended up leaning, I think, towards the second of what you said, which is Me like, too. look, this guy must love oat milk so much that he <laughs> must be like singing praises all the time that they thought, right. like, if not him, then who can sell this better? Right. So right. in that way, it was um, very interesting, like as a piece, you know, that we we talk about and examine. And we're like, would I do that? Maybe not, but it was it was entertaining. <laughs> Right. You know, and I would contrast that with, cause I'm sure when you were looking it up, I pulled up like the top 10 or whatever. And some of these, I disagree with Bud Light. It reminded me of this because I wouldn't have brought up the story. They had like a truck tipped over and they had a whole bunch of people like famous people helping out. And it just felt like cameo after cameo. And then you're like, Oh, okay. But like, I would totally go Oatly you know, maybe they didn't have any famous people on it. They just had the CEO playing <laughs> stupid piano versus like, oh, we got all these faces and look what they're, you know, it was almost like there was more, it's more authentic almost, or it felt I, more genuine to have just you. You weren't trying to hire some people to make you look famous or anything. It was just you. Yeah, I think um, I definitely agree with that. And there is, that is an interesting point that you just brought up, which is, um, you know, there is, um, maybe a humility to the way that they were advertising right and yeah. when we think about um what sticks i think maybe sometimes the conversation is around that or like authenticity or whatever it is but um more than just like a funny laugh you know um with a celebrity and stuff like maybe those are the moments that we should be thinking more of how we can incorporate that into our marketing right i used to always joke that like the latest indiana jones was terrible because like mm -hmm. when in doubt aliens that's like the easiest <laughs> plot to write. Yeah. How can you explain this hidden temple with this and this? Some mythological creature, some historical? No, no, no. Aliens. Oh, okay. Well, then it, <laughs> like you can explain anything. So I was like, oh, it's so lame. It's almost like just doing a little celeb thing alone yeah. is not it for super commercials, right? Okay. Yeah. You have a celebrity. Like, 
and what, you know, as opposed to a non-celebrity <laughs> who's playing his heart out on a little mini piano. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I think maybe one of my favorite commercials, like on the flip side, I still remember, and I probably saw this when I was like a teen, right? But it was um that Volkswagen commercial where there's that their little kid dressed as a Jedi, and um, he kept like moving his hands like Darth Vader would. Uh, but uh, and then like the you saw the parent like clicking, you know, they were they were advertising like the auto start feature or something like that. It was it was so cute, it was so endearing, and it was so like warm right and um that's like the type of stuff i remember you know like it's still one of my favorite like ads when i when i asked or when i think about that right right and, th and that had me thinking about um i think for this latest super bowl there was see now i'm for forgetting that's that's the challenge if it's so good it, it can it be tied to the brand but it was something yeah. like ibm or someone they had the swimmer who was like a not a paraplegic, but she I think she was missing her legs. Do you remember yeah. that one? Oh, there I it is. So. Toyota. Yeah. yeah. Dude, if I didn't have, I had some Dorito chips in my eyes, you know, and I, I my eyes were a little watery after that one. Like, <laughs> oh, man. It, it was powerful. I don't know why, but, and it was a Toyota. I don't know what the connection. Does it have to have a connection? What do you think? Can They just told a really good story, and then they're like, Toyota. Yeah. Uh, ah, I was kind of conflicted. Car brands are really interesting in how they market. Um, yeah. but when you said Toyota, I was like, it reminds me of the, the Audi commercial a couple years ago with the girl, like the dad is pushing her on like a go-kart that they made together down a hill. And it was about, um, it was a little bit about like, um, like, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like extending the future for your, your like female, like children like girls so that okay. they can going to become you know engineers and um oh, i see it right like like that right um sorry i didn't really explain that well but <laughs> but they um but it, it kind of reminds me where you're like you know what is the feature is it just at that point you're just the brand itself is so well known that they are now advertising on their brand values right or advertising on the feeling that they want you to have as you drive your Toyota. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that that's kind of what I think when I think about that uh, Olympian one, I think other swimmer, um, yeah. one that you mentioned, right? Because it was, it's the same thing. It's like, there might be some, I've noticed that like as car brands, especially the, there might be some like metaphor for the athlete or the person that is in the film, but also uh, to like maybe one of their features, but really it's about like the physical beauty of it, right? The, between the car and the, the person doing the thing. And then it's about like, what's the feeling you, they want you to have when you're driving their vehicle. Right. Yeah. And I, I typically rag on car commercials because it's like the same car in a closed circuit. And I like yeah. could give a shit about it. Yeah. <laughs> like stop doing that formula. I hate it. But so here I am complaining and then Toyota's like, okay, cool. No car in a closed circuit. And then I, I rag on it again. So maybe they can't win, but you're right. At least they gave us something other than just the car. It's about the people yeah. in them. Um, and, but that also the, whether it should tie in or not, it just got me thinking about Dan Levy, just, you know, kidnapping M&Ms, you know, and at least <laughs> you got a person, but you got a cool story. It's funny. Yeah. And he's connecting M&Ms. He's like, I'm going to eat you. And he's like, no, yeah. so I don't and know. There's just him, you know, like, I think yeah. those are when celebrity uh, commercials work is like when it kind of feels authentic to who they are in their <laughs> yeah. brand based on like how they exist. Right. right. Dan Levy is a 
really funny guy. And there's, I remember that commercial is so funny. There's, there's just like something about it that feels very natural. It's like, yeah, of course he would be kidnapping an M&M or whatever. Yes. <laughs> That's totally it, right? It, you're like, you don't even need to describe it. You're like, Dan leaving a room with an M&M and he's kidnapped him. You're like, <laughs> yeah, plausible. Checks yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, it checks out. I, I see, yeah, I see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's funny without even having dialogue. It's that, That's how you know it's like a good setup where you're like, oh gosh, I, I, what's he going to say to him? You know, I don't know. You yeah. Check it out. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Do you get a chance to do, I mean, how, how do you approach advertising? Do you get a chance to do it at where you're at now? I mean, there, there's all the big commercials. And then, I mean, how do you do it at, at a smaller scale? Uh, commercials do commercials yeah. Go? yeah or just you know it, it can can anyone touch on these i mean there's so it's so fun so i'm like it's like pure creative energy how how do you get that into just any random company you're at or you know like yeah. how do you pull that in yeah definitely i think um you know as a as a tie back to sort of this generalist idea we were we started this conversation yeah. with i think one of the things is like you should look for ideas anywhere, right? Just because someone is an engineer or a designer doesn't mean that they aren't also a consumer and they might have interesting ideas or interesting examples or at least directions to help you um, like kind of brainstorm and mesh all of that together, right? Because ultimately yeah. it's the marketer's, marketer's job to figure that out. But I think that one of the things that, you know, obviously there are certain production costs that you can't really avoid. Um, they certainly can scale up or down depending on uh, the vibe that you want to give out. So, you know, yeah. if you are a scrappy startup and you want to do um, something a little bit homemade looking, that might not be such a bad idea, right? Or maybe right. even if you're a Fortune 500 and you want um, to give a certain feeling uh, to a certain brand, like you can certainly pursue that too, right? I think a lot of what people, what is hard is just when you get into the logistics of, you know, dealing with SAG actors or, or uh, actors or, you know, parties, you deal with um, all the different production needs and things if you've never done that before, right? But that is the beauty of, um, I think, the generalist model, because you can just you can hire those people, right? You can mm -hmm. hire the people who decide that they only want to be specialists. And because you as a generalist, you generally understand the concepts. And if you don't, you can learn it really quickly. The, the key skill of the generalist is that you can pick things up really quickly and dive, deep dive into it whenever you need to, right? Um, and so those are the qualities and skills I think that um, you know, when you're building your team, like you should look for. And so when you're building a commercial, it's the same thing, right? Like are the people that I'm surrounding myself with thinking about the, both the larger picture and the individual, like the smaller logistics of how to actually execute this plan. And so anybody can create like a YouTube video and, and put it up there. It's just, you have to think about what is the value add? What is, what are you trying to have a conversation about, right? There's so many people out there who are just creating content, um, you know, not very expensively. There's so many YouTube, you know, uh, uh, influencers and things like that who don't necessarily need a big budget for a lot of these things. And so I definitely think it's possible for companies to do that, but you just have to really get creative and decide again, like what is the content you want to put out? Is video the right medium? How do I reach my audience? You know, because it might differ depending if you want the YouTube or the Instagram, or if you want to go broadcast or streaming, or, or maybe you decide you just want to do audio and, you know, create a podcast, whichever way you decide to go. Um, you really kind of have to meet your audience where they are. Yeah. Meet them where they're at. It, I, that, you know, hearing that from you tells me, you know, what you're talking about. So many people are creating content for content's sake 
And I think mm-hmm. our friends over at Uberflip are saying like 87% of all content doesn't get consumed. That's a big <laughs> number. Like, yeah, yeah the, the activation of the content is half the problem, you know, or getting it into people's eyeballs. And like, it's not enough just to write the thing or paint the thing or videotape it. People have to actually see it too. Yeah. And, and you need to meet them where they're at and, yeah. and make it for them, not, not necessarily for you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why, um, you know, something like TikTok has just gone off uh, like on the deep end in terms of popularity and it just blew up because people are making content for themselves. And then you can really just literally copy the video, put your own face, put your own spin to the dance. And it's like, everyone's kind of creating a dance together. Right. Yeah. And so the, and, and so like, there is a, there is a meanness, but then there is also a, uh, an aspect of like me being part of the community um, and, and my excitement to contribute to that community. Right. Yeah. But if we're talking about more traditional video or um, content in general, you're absolutely right in that it's like, Hey, um, what do we want to do with this? Right. Because if we want people to care, we have to think more deeply about what they care about and what they want to talk about and what they want to spend their time thinking about, and then figure out a way to join that conversation. Hmm. You, you have like 50 sound bites already so far, like I, <laughs> I, you know, our producer shout out to Alexis. She's amazing. But like, I don't know what we're going to do because there's just so <laughs> many powerful points here. Um, yeah. All of that. Um, my, my next question for you is, um, is really around, I mean, your marketing leader, what keeps you up at night? What, what are the challenges that keep you thinking about things? And maybe, maybe you sleep just fine, but you know, metaphorically <laughs> speaking, what keeps you up at night? Yeah. Um, I am a very deep sleeper. <laughs> so, you know, got that checked off. Um, Check. <laughs> I think for me, um, what keeps me up at night is I think a lot about how I want to, um, you know, build and retain the team that we already have. Mm. Um, I think that, the people that you surround yourself with and the people that, um, you know, have the same values, want to work in the same ways is one of the most important ingredients to um, how you work and the, the product that you produce, right? And honestly, how much fun you have, because, you know, we're all spending like what our nine to fives, some people even longer um, at work. And that's a significant aspect of our life. And so if we want to, um, we can, we can slog it away and we can just be like, let's separate work from personal. But the reality is that, especially as we're working all from home, it's, it's really difficult, right? And so one of the things I think about is like, how do I have fun at work and how do I keep myself engaged and then extrapolate that? And it's like, how do other people, you know, want to have fun or connect with each other? Um, and how do they stay engaged? How do they, how do they stay excited about the work that they're doing? And maybe there's an element of it. It connects to their personal goals and hobbies, right? Uh, maybe they can add a little bit of, of that into, um, what they're doing every day. So for me, like, I just love working on, like, I don't mind if it's a uh, product or marketing or designer, like whatever it is, because it, at the end of it, what I'm excited about is figuring out how people make decisions. Right. So it's a very easy length for me, but I guess what keeps me up is like, you know, we have all these really talented teammates and we have all these people, you know, we've spent so much time chatting with them, talking with them, working with them, you know, pre COVID we at Expensive Eye, we have, um, this, I guess it's a perk, but really what we do is, um, once a month, uh, sorry, once a year for one month, we'll take the entire team, whoever wants to go to work abroad for, a month, right? And because we're all we're an internet company, <laughs> all we need is a good internet connection. And so that is really like 
something that people love because we have employees all over the world. We're incredibly remote friendly. Certainly we have, you know, major offices uh, in big cities, but um, this is the time when I can sit down and like go grab a random lunch with a bunch of our engineers and, and success coaches and things like that. And we can just riff about our personal lives and it naturally weaves into work. And, you know, all of a sudden we're up at like 1030 at night trying to put together this awesome plan that we, we just came up with, right? And, um, you know, it might mean that we might take a swim in the afternoon uh, because that's the perfect time in Thailand to take a swim with the sun is just right. Um, but there's a balance there and there's a fun and energy and cre creativity. And so if we can continue to do, how do we continue to deliver on these things for our team to, to make them feel like this is a place they wanna be that, um, you know, is inclusive of their, you know, different backgrounds and needs and things like that. like you know, then that would be for me the most successful um, thing. And so that's why it keeps me up at night because yeah. even if it is not a uh, reactionary, like I need to put this fire out problem because a bunch of people are leaving. I think it is a consistent effort that leaders have to pay attention to in order to continue doing the high level work that you want to put out. Man, that is so powerful. Um, it reminds me of a book by Dan Sullivan, Who Not How. It's the who, it's yeah. the people. It's not, oh, how do I do this? It's like, who do I have that's a specialist back to your point? Who do I have that has a great answer for this particular challenge? Or let's all get together. And, and as a who will, will come up with what the answer is with all of our talents and strengths, man, man, but what, tell me more about this. I think people are like, wait, tell me more about this. A, a month abroad, are they paying for like room and board or you just can work from wherever? Are y'all like deciding let's go work in Thailand and yeah. tell me more. So when I started at this company, I've been here for almost seven years this July, but when I started, um, we uh, were about 35 people. And so we uh, basically, you know, our people ops team would be like, hey, let's go to, um, I think my first one was Portugal. So it was like, hey, we're going to go to Portugal. Um, and, you know, we would basically, anybody who's excited to propose a location would propose it. And then we would have the voting, you know, like, we would have a top three and then we would wow. vote for the top. And so, uh, and then we would, um, basically there's a range of people, right? Like at the time, there's a lot of young people, there's older people with families. Like, so it's really hard to just coordinate something for everyone. So we're like, Hey, listen, um, you can expense the flight. You can expense like your lunches when you're working and dinners and coffees and things like that. Um, you know, you take care of accommodation for the first three weeks. And then for the fourth week, we'll take care of accommodation and we'll make it really, really nice. Right. Um, so just like something very special, I think actually it was the third week, not the fourth week. So when we were in Portugal, um, the company rented out like an old castle or monastery, I think. And we just like stayed there the whole, it was like this little wow. town in North of Porto and it was awesome. Like there was no way I would have ever gone there on my own, you know? And, but you contrast that with uh, today or the last one we went on was uh, we went to Vietnam in 2019, right before COVID hit in 2020. And, um, you know, because it's a much larger scale, we're much more family friendly. Um, anybody, you can bring your partner or your entire family for the entire time if you want. Um, or, but we also specifically have the third week as like what we call um, fancy week, right? But really it's the friends and, uh, not friends, but the family week. Um, uh, you will put on activities for your friends. Uh, sorry, I keep saying friends, but your family. Sure. Um, and so like, you know, while we're all working poolside or wherever we are and having meetings and one-on-ones and coding and what, all that, like 
are my boyfriends like out there making pasta with all these other plus ones, you know, That's and awesome. learning how to, um, you know, learning how to make banh mis and things like that. And wow. so, and exploring the ruins. And so not only are we like creating that community within our own employees, but also a separate community, um, separate and also inclusive community of our partners, because we recognize that this is the larger like family that we um, care about and that we want to make sure everyone is getting the benefits of like what it means to be an employee here, right? Um, yeah, and so, you know, we've gone to, we've done Thailand and Cambodia, we've done Italy, that was really cool. Where in Italy? We did Perugia, which is like a university town. So we never try to hit up the major cities because right. you can do that on the weekends. Um, and we also want like, we, we basically try to look for the sweet spot between small enough that you'll run into each other in town, but big enough right. that there's enough restaurants, cafes and a good internet, right? Essentially. Right. But um, but yeah, our, our philosophy is always, it just has to have good internet. It has to have um, a lower cost of living than San Francisco, which is not difficult to find. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> then, yeah, right. <laughs> And then the last one is um, a beach. There, we love a beach week, right? So let's beach. make sure there's a beach somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's one of those amazing like opportunities that you just really don't get because when am I going to go to Perugia? I'll go to Milan. I'll go to Rome. I'll go to all these places eventually. But Perugia probably would have never crossed my mind. And so yeah. it was really awesome. We did that, Alguero. And then the third week we did... Um, uh, we stayed at, um, a like little, I don't know what you call it, like a villa resort called Borgo Ignacio, which mm. they're, they kept telling us that that's where Justin Timberlake and Jessica Beale got married. And we're like, cool. <laughs> I guess that's really, really cool. Right. Now you're um, there. Yeah. yeah. And so there's just, um, yeah, there's like things like that, that are just the things that we do to make sure that everyone loves being here and, you know, for what it's worth, this is probably the longest job I've ever had. Definitely the longest job I've ever had. And I'm not really ever really thinking about, you know, what's my next move? Cause I have everything that I would want in a career here. And, um, yeah. You know, yeah. Hell yeah. That, that's a, this is a, you can clip this yourself. This is a hell of a recruiting video. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, expensify. And <laughs> is your team, are you looking for anyone on your team? Um, we are always looking for software engineers. Okay. I, I will say that. I don't know the exacts of everything else, but we're always hiring for software engineers. What about marketing? We, I don't think we've hired for marketing for, um, uh, like two years now. Cause because, no one leaves. It's so good. Yeah, no one leaves. And marketing is one of those things. A lot of people get excited about. So if someone from another team has an idea, it's like, yeah, go for it. You know, right. you do, you do. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So yeah, never, never a shortage in marketing, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the idea that appeals to me hearing that, it, you're right, it's like a, your extended work family is the idea of walking into the main area of the village or the, whatever you're visiting, like going into sort of the common area to mm -hmm. get a, something for breakfast or coffee or something. And then and you see some of your coworkers, you know, it's almost like what it, what it should be, where you, you're in a big company, instead of hardly ever seeing each other, you kind of collide randomly and have those cool conversations with different people. Yeah. One of the things we talk about, you know, when we're doing interviews, because anyone can join any interview. So I can sit on inter cool. engineering design, whatever. Um, but one of the things we think about when we're ta talking, assessing, like if they're a culture fit, um, the candidate is a culture fit is like, would I, 
would I enjoy being stuck sitting next to a plane, like next to them on a plane or, mm. you know, our trains like severely delayed and we have to wait here for a couple hours uh, with this person. Is that okay? And that's like a very, you know, it's like, are they interesting? Are they, are they cool people to talk to? Like, it's a very low bar. Right. But that's kind of, I guess, part of just how we think about um, the type of, I don't know, team community, whatever that we want to be. Amazing. Amazing. Um, you, you should have a wait list. You should literally create <laughs> a landing page for marketing jobs at your company and make like a wait list. And then give yeah. me the URL. We'll put it in the show notes. People can just be like, oh man, let's get on the wait list for this thing. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Oh my God. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. It's a hey, great, great little PR campaign too right there. Hey, hey nobody's left for years. <laughs> no one's, I'm not planning on leaving. Come yeah, on, get on the list. We'll let you know. It's yeah. a two-year wait. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those crazy things where like we just ran some data on our on our internal team, and I think more than like, don't quote me on this, but I want to say more than sixty percent of our team has been here for more than four years or something wow. like that. And um, you know, I was hired in a time when a bunch of people were getting hired, and mm -hmm. it's really cool to be like. I can't believe we're all still here. You know, yeah. obviously a couple people here and there have left, but in general, it's like, they're probably the people, you know, I tend to be closer with in the company. Sure. But, and it's just like, wow, look, we've been here seven years. Look at all the crazy things that have happened since then. And all the things that we've been able to do and an experience. And it's just been really incredible. Yeah. And the difference between like a job like that, where you can sit, like stay, where you just can plant your roots, stay and, and really devote yourself to it. They're loyal. You're loyal. Things are getting things are getting done. Versus that sort of migratory. It's almost like there's all these other jobs where you, you're kind of migrating in, and people are coming in, they're leaving, coming in, leaving. No one's really ever staying. Um, yeah. But to have a place where you can just make your home, that's really special. Yeah, and I think I was very lucky. Like you know, I would I mentioned to you earlier that uh, when I graduated college, it was really difficult to find a job. Yeah, and I think that actually ended up being a really lucky thing for me because I essentially um, had all I could only really get internships. So I could try a bunch of different things, mm. explore a couple of different companies and culture. Like culture wasn't company culture was not really a thing back then. You know, you're like you get a job, you hope you like it. Uh, you hope the people are nice and that's about it. Right. And in, in the years since then, um, it's, we've really started this, this conversation, you know, um, in our society of like, you know, culture does matter. Um, retention does matter. Oh. And I was able to use all those experiences and recognize what I didn't like. And so, you know, that's part luck, but part opportunity, um, when I found Expensify because I was kind of prepared for it. Right. And so, yeah, those are some of the things that I'm just like, wow, you know, sometimes negative things are what seems negative ends up being like a really positive change in, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. When you, when you zoom out, you see, oh, wow, this was actually a good thing. I didn't go over there because look, what, look where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I tell you what, I, I would love, I have this other question for you. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> like, so so many cool conversations around you are the general of generalists you're ma'am how are you doing uh, welcome to the show so I, i've learned so many things from you um tell me who are you take me back in time like little joni days what was it like did you always know you're going to be in marketing and just dominating and having a great time creating yeah i mean 
I think when I was a kid, I told my mom I wanted to be an artist and she laughed at me because it wasn't like I was particularly good at art either, to right. be clear. And she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> um, and then she, and then, you know, we just never really visited that again, partly because, you know, when you're two, you kind of forget, you say things and you forget, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I always never know exactly what to say here. I'm a middle child. So, you know, my sister got to do, my older sister got to do whatever she wanted to do because she was very like, um, like independent, you know, my yeah. brother is the baby of the family. So everyone does whatever he wants to do. Um, and so I kind of was the middle ground where, um, you know, I, when my parents were working late or things like that, I would be the one to prepare dinner and make sure everyone, you know, was doing what they needed to do or like whatever. And so I think that, um, when I think about, uh, the way that I've, I don't know, grown or, or whatever gone through yeah. life. I think college was the first moment. I was like, wow, it's just me. Like, what do I do? What do I want to do? What do I want to think about? What am I excited about? Like, how do I figure out who I am and all that fun stuff? Yeah, right. You're, you're not the middle, the first, second, third, last you, you're you. And yeah. you just like make some choices. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I started, you know, sometimes I, because, um, uh, we, we were like first generation going into college. There oh, wow. wasn't a lot of guidance into, uh, what we should do or what we needed to do. So like the only reason why I created a resume was because I noticed all my friends were going to career services. I didn't figure out that there was a career services until my junior year, right? Like things like that, where it was like, you know, it's like, and so as a result, I didn't like take internships when I probably right. should. Um, but all of those things, I think was just, um, I think for me, uh, I think about like, you know, I want to prepare for, uh, because I, I forget who, whose quote this is, but it's like, you know, luck when happens when, um, preparation meets opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of those things. Like if I were to go back and like, tell myself something, it would be, Hey, you know, prepared enough, uh, so that you can spot the opportunities, um, that when they present to you, right. There's some, there's some like psychology term for this, but like, when you let's say you buy a tesla and then you all of a sudden notice everyone has a tesla right there's like some psychological term and i think that's kind of what luck feels like to me right so and i used to say like oh you know i was very lucky i did uh, i got all these opportunities and this and that but um the more i reflect i'm like you know i did work really hard not let's not really hard let's be clear but like i worked hard enough to get to where uh where i wanted to be because i right. there were certain goals that i wanted to meet and so i think that i've always been very like goal driven um because i knew what i didn't want and so right. that kind of reverberated throughout um i guess like my teens and like when i started looking for jobs and things like that and so um yeah <laughs> wow crazy so so is, is that the advice you would tell yourself if you could go back in time around the luck what what would you tell yourself i think it's um if i could go back and tell like a younger version of myself something I yeah would like say you just that, graduated from school and yeah and it's like hey look do what you need to do to prepare so that you can spot the opportunities of um of like what you might want to do, right? Like know yourself a little bit, know the things that you want to accomplish, or at least have a vague idea. Um, and that way you can start seeing them as they appear to you, right? Because if you're just kind of 
going through the motions or um, if you're just following a template, like I think a lot of people, you know, there's an expectation you go to college and there's an expectation you get um, a certain kind of job and do a certain kind of thing. And if you just kind of follow those steps, like you kind of realize, you know, maybe a little too late that you're not really happy where you are. And so I've been very fortunate in many circumstances such that like, you know, I didn't have that template, which was nerve wracking at the time, but as a result, I've been able to carve out the path that I want to be on, you know, that I'm excited to be on and I'm not having my uh, quarter life crisis or whatever it is. Um, right. And I, I imagine it's very similar for you, right? You're doing what you want to do and you're very excited and happy to do all of those things. Yeah, there's something to be said for people like that champion for themselves and mm -hmm. your advice to yourself to to prepare, um, you know, mentally, physically, whatever it is so that you 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 know some things so that you, you see the opportunities but also so you're just aware to look for them because maybe yeah. maybe they are there you're just not aware that there's even a category called internship where exactly. you can get paid while at school and maybe get off <laughs> out of some credits and not take that other boring class instead like it just but you wouldn't know if you didn't necessarily do something a little bit extra on your your own behalf for yourself above and beyond to go and just see and you know, ask people however you get the information though but you have to champion for yourself. I had some friends in college and, and, you know, as a contrast, one um, barely ever eventually graduated, but sold himself in up into like getting an internship at like financial district in Boston. Right. And as an, in, and, he, and his internship was getting paid more than some of my friends were in as a job, <laughs> whereas other friends who sort of followed that template, you know, for whatever reason, always struggled and ended up staying in the same jobs they were before they had yeah. that degree or the advanced degree, because they were thinking that maybe the system would reward them, but it really, it, it's there, but you need to seek it out. Yeah. I think that's a really great point. Like this idea of um, waiting for your reward, which is very like old school to an extent, like yeah. um, versus kind of going out and grabbing uh, and being proactive about what you want, right? And making sure that you're steering your ship in that direction and with every choice that you make, even yeah. if it's not always directly there. Yeah, like that ultimate freedom that you first got when you got to school, you could do that for, you could do anything you want. You can go yeah. find a, a nonprofit and volunteer for, you can create a company, you can... There's a lot of things you can do. Yeah. You can You're slack just... off and just smoke weed all the time, right? Or like you, you can, can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that. You can totally say that. No, yeah, this is the hardcore marketing show. Yeah. You know I say. <laughs> I um, right, but yeah, that's yeah. it. You, you can, it's up to you, but it's like, it's your choice now. And I think, you know, I don't know how I feel about, you know, some colleges saying we guarantee you a job, but still mm -hmm. it's like, that's that same template. Don't, that's a slippery slope, you know? What are they going to guarantee you? <laughs> Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Like you yeah. push your boundaries and find mentors and go after things. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Amazing. So, so really, what do you do in your off time when you're not traveling to Portugal? You know, what kind of things do you do for fun when you're not just crushing your marketing game? Um, well, um, we have two dogs, so they're a really great excuse to like go out. Um, and so one of the things my partner and I love to do is we love to go backpacking and we try to do like one or two trips every summer, uh, you know, and they can be like two nights, one night. And then we try to do a little bit longer, like three or more, wow. um, like, you know, a couple years ago, we started this a couple years ago when we just won the lottery for, um, 
the enchantments in Washington. And so, cause we're, I'm based out of Portland, Oregon yeah. and um, a lot, they have a lottery system because they don't want too many people to go to ruin like the, the environment. And so um, we did that and we we're like, oh my God, like there are just some places you cannot see in this world unless you spend a couple of days you know, going through it. Like you can't just like drive there. You can't just drive through or whatever it is. And so that just kind of became like a hobby, I guess. Um, wow. But like really like something exciting and places that we can take our dogs too, right? Cause not, <clears throat> not every place uh, allows pets. So just like finding that medium and have taking that excuse to go out. You know, I just Googled this. I'd never heard of that either. Washington enchantments. Yeah. So this is an example, like do a podcast, listen to a podcast, find out about these things, go to these things. <laughs> the picture, the blue lake and the mountains around it and they holy have, moly. Oh my gosh. It was probably one of the most, because it was one of my first backpacking, it was so difficult. They had this yeah. path, this area called the Asgard's Pass, speaking of on brand for you, <laughs> um, they, where you have to climb up these giant boulders, right? And if you go too early in the season, it's snowy. And if you go too late, like it's like, like mushy or something. Right. And we just happened to get like that time when, you know, the week before all the snow melted. So there was, there was fresh water coming down. And so even though the sun was beating up on us and like, it was so hot and so tiring, we were able to like take advantage of all the things. And then you get to that top part and then you see that lake and you're like, oh my God, it was all worth it. You know, like I really, that was the moment when I was like, okay, hiking is cool. Like, you know, yeah. before I was like walking amongst trees, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> I totally, yeah. I know what you mean. I, when I was um, hiking up Mount Rainier, I, I was thinking, what kind of a hobby did I choose here? This is terrible. <laughs> this is really hard. But then you're right, you get to the top and you're like, this is amazing. But you get back down. I remember having my feet up drinking Rainier beer and was like, that was cool. I want to do that again. <laughs> but exactly. with a view like that though, like, amazing you know i've seen pictures of this before and i never knew what it was i just thought wow cool instagram photo wow, that's what <laughs> yeah that's the enchantment. yeah if you're it sounds like if you're based out of like the general washington state like that's a great place to go even just the cascades in general cascades so, so but as an out-of-state person you put in like a bid like a to get in the lottery to go yeah, uh, I think that's just in general, that's how they do it. So they give you, if you are going to go through the entire thing in one day, like you don't need one. Right. But those are the true, like incredibly athletic, like, you know, here's me climbing up with all my gear, like huffing and puffing and just walking through the trails. And then I see, I, I clearly remember this. There's, um, this woman just like jogs by, you know, uh, running up and then, you know, she probably finished the whole thing in one day. Cause there's no way she couldn't have, she just brought water and some snacks. I'm sure. Right. right? But it was like incredible because it's it's like a 15 hour thing, like through the way that we took it. It's amazing. Sometimes those people have those little tiny water bottles too. Mm -hmm. You're like, what is that even? <laughs> like that's that's me sipping like 10 minutes into it. I've already drank that much. Like, yeah. like I, I gotta go back. I gotta refill this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or just have one of those pumps, just keep filling it up as you go. Man, yeah, that is amazing. I could see how you'd get you get bit by that that bug of backpacking and did you bring the dogs with you to the pass and all these places yeah definitely we um yeah we did and it was actually it was really I think actually they might have not allowed dogs in that one mm. but in general when we do backpacking we try to um find ones that allow for them you know usually more like state parks or national 
um, forests versus national parks. I think national parks are the only ones that don't allow it. Right. Okay. Man, do you have a, do you have an adventure planned coming up? Um, I think, uh, we are going to look into a couple of places in Eastern Oregon. Cause I've never, we, we went briefly last year, but, um, there's some really cool peaks there. I think Mount Ooh. Olympia or not Mount Olympia, Olympia national park is one that I really want to, um, do because you can't really get to the middle unless you backpack through, but that's gotcha. a lo- much longer. Like, I want to say it's like a eight day backpacking thing. And mm. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet, but right. uh, we'll see. <laughs> What do you think about Mount Kilimanjaro next year? Oh my God, no. <laughs> so I'm thinking of going and, you know, we get, get a whole group of people yeah, together, right? you know? Yeah, that altitude training, altitude training. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm a little bit intimidated by it, but I've also heard really great things. So, you know. Yeah. There's, there's two, back there's back two in a main routes, right? You can take the fast route, but it's like a lesson in life. If you take that route, there's a 50-50 chance for making it because it's too fast and you can get sick. <laughs> but if you go like the cool route that takes eight days on the side, there's like a 90% chance. So you just got to, you got to do the slow, consistent path, not the crazy yeah. one. I agree. Yeah. That's how I like it, right? Enjoy the view. Yeah, right. Don't be in such a rush to get up there and come back. Yeah. Go the long route. Yeah. You know, it's funny. They call the, the long route, the whiskey route and the, and the short route, or one of them is the whiskey route. And the short one is the Coca-Cola route. So it's almost like it makes sense. You're going to either just drink that Coke really fast. or You're going to just sort of like savor the whiskey as you're going. Yeah, that's so. so funny. I've never heard that term. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, this, this has been awesome. Hey, where can people connect with you if they want to uh, um, get on that waiting list or just connect with you professionally? What are some yeah. good apps and places and URLs? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm always um, open and connecting on LinkedIn. Um, and it's just, I think it's just um, Joni-Wang or maybe there's no dash, I'm not sure. Um, and then my, and then if you're, you know, if you're interested in connecting, like, and looking for a job at Expensify, uh, you can go to our website, we.r.expensify.com. And you'll see all our job postings. You can learn more about our company. You can learn about more about the culture and what we do. Um, and, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. That's awesome. It, and reach out fast and soon and get on that list, you know, <laughs> now serving, you know, applicant number 14, right? Yeah. And get on the wait list. Yeah. Actually, you know, now that you say it, like we don't, even though we don't have an open position, like some people do just apply generally and just answer the questions. And so, um, because sometimes roles do open up and we'll just email people that we have, you know, in the system. So that doesn't hurt either. Sweet message noted. We'll have to link right to that in the show notes. Anyone is curious. Um, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. And let me know where your next trip is. Cause that just, that is awesome. Yeah. Where, where was, where was your favorite one? It sounds like you've done a little bit of hiking and backpacking and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what like hiking wise or like either or um, yeah, you know, the, I'm really fortunate to be in New Hampshire and I've got the white mountains up here and they're like, they're little tiny, cute little ones compared to out West, you know, our our biggest one, Mount Washington is only 4,000. Yeah. You know, it's not an 8,000 or 14 or 12. It's not a hood. It's not one of those. Um, but you know, rel- relatively speaking, it's, it's fun. And there's, there's some great, there's like a challenge. There's 48 peaks in New Hampshire that are above 4,000 feet. Oh yeah. You know? And so it's kind of neat. I think I'm at 21 out of 48 right now. So I'm is, that the, is that the same as the presidential challenge? The presidential range is along there oh. too. Yeah, okay. for yeah. sure. And the, cool. Appalachian trail cuts through there as well. If I had more time, I would totally do the AT. 
yeah you know life <laughs> maybe yeah, exactly, later right <laughs> yeah right. maybe later in life when we're a little bit more you know focused right. on other things <laughs> totally kick the kids out of the house be like okay dad's going hiking <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh that's awesome well thanks again for coming on here this has been yeah. a blast yeah thanks for having me i had a great time absolutely great. for those yeah. For those people listening, um, if you learned something, and I freaking know you did, because I literally have two pages of notes front and back over here, um, share this episode with someone. Be a thought leader to one person, two people, 90 people. All you do is just share that information, share that message. Um, and for those people listening, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time. Bye.